Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Game Day Preview Podcast from TalkSport with me, Sam Matterface, Darren Lewis from The Mirror, and TalkSport transfer guru, Alex Crook. Ole out of the cup, but a chance to forge a path in another one as the FA Cup takes centre stage this weekend on TalkSport with nine commentaries across the weekend. Shocks or Spurs players getting changed in a wedding venue and nervous waits on the results of positive COVID tests. Who will go all the way to Wembley? Who will not bother turning up? And what will happen to Steve Bruce if Newcastle go out of another knockout competition? Plus, the not-so-super Seb off to Holland and a Rose that needs a new home in the transfer section. All on the podcast that has been given more penalties than Liverpool, but in our case, that's not a good thing. It's the Game Day FA Cup preview podcast from TalkSport. This is Game Day. Hello and welcome to the assistant editor of the Daily Mirror, Darren Lewis. Hello, I know you've been busy. Are you okay? I'm very well indeed. Um, football, as always, such a big story at the moment. I can't wait for the FA Cup as well. So that it's not just elite football that takes in the stage, but also the younger, the, the younger, the little people, the the, the people the, who do ordinary jobs and do so well to combine the two, suddenly get their chance in the sun. Uh, when you said little people, I thought you were trolling me again. Um, <laughs> uh, Alex Crook, TalkSport transfer guru and football reporter is here. Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'd like to start with an apology, actually. Okay, go um, for it. From you to me for asking me to apologise to the specialist in failure that is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Just for to- semi-finals, for semi-final defeat. Just a quick word. I um I mean look, obviously we know it we know it's very difficult at this sort of stage of of the of the morning uh, for uh, Alex to deal with the fact that his club have gone out of another cup competition. But I won't be issuing any apology and the reason for that is pretty clear. The next uh, Thursday morning when we all gather around this table to do our Premier League preview podcast, Manchester United more than likely will be three points clear or one point clear on top of the Premier League. So far from giving an apology, I think you should just be a little bit patient. Ultimately yesterday, overnight, when Manchester United went out to Manchester City, they didn't have Edinson Cavani in the team and he makes a massive difference for them. And I think really you should be a little bit more loyal uh, to your club. Play that tune all what day. happens when they lose to Burnley? Uh, well, that is is a bit of an issue, but we'll that, that's a week's uh, away, so don't worry about it too much yet. Um, I thought that uh, Manchester City were very, very good in that Carabao Cup semi-final. I thought they were excellent against Chelsea. And I suppose they sort of sent a message. I spoke to John Stones afterwards, Darren, and I said to him, you know, do you feel as if you've sent some sort of message to the rest of the the country that... A team without seven players, uh, COVID running rife through the camp, has come out, gone away to Chelsea, won devastatingly, gone away to Manchester United and produced a performance, especially in the second half, uh, like that. And he said, we are getting back to the city of old. Is that ominous for everyone? Yes, it is, because the city of old could blow everyone away and, and win turning handsprings. I mean, defensively, they've been so good 
And in recent seasons, there have been those uncertainties of because they've not had Vincent company. But Diaz looks like such a good defender. Stones your man. He's back to his very best. In fact, he's better because he's more mature. He knows when to put his foot through it, when to play. And, and that is the foundation for them to go away and literally just play with so much confidence. I think that if once they get their strikers back, the Premier League are going to have to be worried. Yep. Uh, okay, so who are you tipping for the FA Cup, by the way? Because traditionally, this is a top six affair. I think only twice since 1995 has the Cup not been won by Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City or Liverpool. It's five clubs. Um, so so, so who, who wins the FA Cup this year, Alex? Well, the obvious answer is is Manchester City. Um, United will probably get to the last four and lose. But I'm going <laughs> to... I'm, 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 I'm not laughing off. at Man United. I'm <laughs> laughing at the fact that he's taking any opportunity to have a dig at you. Yeah. No, don't dig and at me. Like... I don't care. He's, he's, he's having, it's a dig at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to throw a curveball in there. If you're looking for an each-way punt, let's go for Southampton. Oh, We've there we are. How good a team they can be under Ralph Hasenhutl against Liverpool the other night. He got very emotional after that game. Rightly so, in my opinion, despite what Simon Jordan said. Can you imagine if they actually got themselves into position to win a trophy? So let's go. Uh, Southampton is an each-way punt, but Manchester City will probably win it. When we ask you to tip, do you just basically look at the club that's nearest to you? Well, that would, that would be Portsmouth, actually. All right, um, okay. Well, they're, they're not uh, going to win the FA Cup. In 2008, well, I'm not punting for them this year. Okay, so you're on Southampton. I'm going to go to Aston Villa. They haven't won an FA Cup tie for a very long time, but I just think they're playing so well. And if they can maintain that, Darren, I think they could cause a few issues. I, I wouldn't disagree with you. In some respects, you look at, again, defensively, only City have got a better defence. Up front, they can score goals. They've got to do something about the fact that Ollie Watkins hasn't scored now. I think it's for nine, eight or nine games. They need some depth up front, but if they can sort that out, and maybe the FA Cup might be an opportunity for him to get off and running again. I would personally go for either a Spurs or an Arsenal. Arsenal got a terrific record in the competition. Mourinho likes to plunder trophies and he knows that so many big clubs will have their eyes elsewhere and it'll be a good opportunity to carry on that culture of winning at Spurs that he believes he can start up by winning the League Cup. So for me, I'm going to go for Spurs. Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2. It's a tough one. Aston Villa is obviously a very, very, very good team. Now they have confidence as well. We have to be ready for that. Robertson crossed into the edge of the box. Firmino, oh. it's a wonderful third goal for Liverpool. Absolutely classic counter-attack. Grealish puts it on his right foot and puts it in the back of the net. There can be no doubt about that. That is a stunning finish. Well, who knows? I mean, it could be a special year. We're certainly hoping it will be. This is why we love the FA Cup. Uh, live on TalkSport this Friday night, it's Liverpool away at Aston Villa. This game produced the season's most stunning results in a season of stunning results. What will the difference be this time, Darren? I mean, I, I, I take it Aston Villa will not win scoring seven goals. I think it's probably the best tip of the week. Well, in theory, yes, absolutely. In fact, almost certainly, yes. Um, the only thing is Liverpool are not bothered by the FA Cup. Uh, if you look at the last few seasons, he tends to feel the weakened side, go out very early and continue his focus on the league and the Champions League. And I think that will continue. I don't think there'll be a strong side. I think it'll be fringe players. And I think if Aston Villa want to win it, they can. And Liverpool won't be bothered about it at all. I'm not saying they'll chuck it, but he'll give younger players and fringe players the opportunity to play because it's just not the currency that they deal in at the moment. Villa, as I said before, they can score goals, they can express themselves. I think they'll give a good account of themselves. One other small thing, Liverpool's away record. I think it's only five out of 15 games away mm. that they've won this season. So that's another key factor. I think Villa will win it. You're right about Jurgen Klopp. He doesn't traditionally care about this competition. He's won five games in it in five years. Often games against minnows have gone to replays. Um, I'm thinking of Exeter, Plymouth, earlier. Shrewsbury, yeah, I think it went for, to a replay last year. He's never gone beyond round five in the FA Cup. It would be a surprise if that changes. 
But then Aston Villa haven't won a game in this competition since January 2016. Uh, so they themselves aren't particularly uh, traditionally fussed with it. But I think it's different this year because usually they're fighting relegation and looking for promotion, etc., etc. That's not the case uh, this time around. We'll probably see the likes of Curtis Jones, Nico Williams, Ryan Williams, uh, Reese Williams, sorry, Kelleher, Minamino, Origi from the start. But what do we think of team selections? Because with the coronavirus protocols, the squad is much smaller and you can't really mix and match so easily between those in the youth team and those that are in the first team bubble. So it's it's very difficult, isn't it, to sort of come up with a plan. You either go all out, here's my under-23s, or here's a sort of half-baked first team. I think there are a clutch of teams with whom I'd be very disappointed if they fielded weakened signs. Southampton if their game goes ahead, which looks unlikely. Everton, Aston Villa, West Ham, Leeds, Wolves, Crystal Palace, all teams in the middle of the table, not going down. Probably realistically, in the, in the case of Wolves, Palace and Leeds, not going to qualify for Europe. Maybe Arsenal as well. This is a chance for them. What is it, six games to win the FA Cup? There's no need for those managers to name understrength teams. And it's been a bugbear of mine in recent seasons. Eddie Howe used to at Bournemouth every year, regardless of the league position, put the kids out and get beat. Teams like Aston Villa, their fans want to see them compete for trophies. And, and on the face of it, at home to Liverpool, not a great draw, but I, I agree with you guys. I think Jurgen Klopp will make changes. I think he has to do that because the Premier League is his priority. This is a great chance for Aston Villa to go through to round four and really lay down a marker in the competition. So if he rests players as a Villa fan, I would be extremely unhappy. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Calvert Lewin is underneath. Oh, and he's headed oh. in. And Dominic Calvert Lewin has got the equaliser for Everton. There are a lot of surprises in this competition. For us, it's a really excited game, a really excited moment. We have confidence. Hasty able to burst into space. Little look up to pick out Crooks. And that is Rotherham through. They're prepared to put their bodies on the line for the dressing room. I want them to have great careers and I want the club to succeed, quite obviously. Everton against Rotherham is the live Saturday lunchtime offering. You would expect Everton to roll over the championship strugglers, but Paul Warren has had uh, some positive news on the injury front. What do we think here, Darren? Easy win for Everton. You know I talk a lot sometimes, but I won't need to say too much about this one. Uh, Rotherham have lost 10 of their last 14 games. Everton, OK. They're only one. I think they've won four of their last five in the Premier League, and they'll have too much far too much for Rotherham. Um, they'll give it, maybe it might be that, you know, given that they're, I think it's second from bottom in the championship and they might see this as an opportunity to maybe take the pressure off, but Everton will surely have far too much. Uh, this would be a good competition for Carlo Ancelotti to, to target, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, and he's one foreign manager who understands um, the FA Cup, having been all the way with Chelsea. So I expect a strong Everton team. They need to have a tilt at a trophy, and this is a great draw for them. Rotherham priorities clearly elsewhere. If any manager is, is going to make changes for this game, it will probably be uh, the visitors. I agree with Darren. I think Everton are pretty much a shoe-in for the next round. Do you think it makes a massive difference, the fact that we've just had the Christmas period, we're in the COVID situation, therefore players have had a lot of maybe excess workload leading up to that Christmas period, then gone through that Christmas period, that that managers will see this as an absolute necessity to make changes and rest some of those more uh, consistent performers, those who've been playing week in, week out? Well, Everton are in a slightly tricky situation. They've got a rearranged Premier League game on, on Tuesday night. So so maybe that might come into Carlo Ancelotti's thinking. But any players that I speak to, former players, current players, they still tell me they would rather play matches than train. So I, I don't know too many players who actually go to managers and ask for a rest. I think they'd rather get out there and, again, you know, have a good go at trying to win this FA but Cup. But the sports science people always say, you know, it's okay you feeling like that, but ultimately we can see in your statistics that your output is going to a certain level, it's dropping to a certain level, and therefore we do need to, to react to that. Listen, I, I think the only thing that will beat Everton in this match is Everton. It'll be Everton's attitude. It'll be their approach to the game. If they turn up expecting to win, a bit like Chelsea when they went to a struggling Arsenal. And Chelsea basically turned up expecting to win. Their mentality was all over the place, even though they had the better players, even though it wasn't great, uh, but it was a better run than Arsenal. But they turned up with a completely the wrong attitude. And Arsenal got what they deserved and Chelsea got what they deserved. And if Everton go into the match without respect, Expecting Rotherham, then it could well be that all the circumstances you mentioned um, that Rotherham are just looking like a side heading for a division below them. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti has won it before, as Crook mentioned, uh, with Chelsea as part of the 2010 double. He was sacked 12 months later at Everton, funnily enough, uh, in a uh, little uh, boardroom around the back, the chairman's office around the back of uh, the main stand at Goodison Park for finishing second. Manchester United versus Watford. This comes just three days after the semi-final of the League Cup for Manchester United. Two rested uh, first teams on the basis that Watford are vying for promotion from the Championship. Manchester United have had quite a busy fixture list and have a huge game against Burnley in midweek, Alex. But they were good enough to beat United last season at Vicarage Road. Can they bring a surprise at Old Trafford? United were dreadful that day. I was there for Talk Sport. It was one of uh, Nigel Pearson's first games in charge. I think it was his first victory or, or maybe his second. And United absolutely stunk the place out, barring Paul Pogba, um, who came on and did bits for the final half an hour. I think there will be changes. Um, we might even get to see Donny van der Beek for more than three minutes, which would be a novelty. Greenwood will start. Two and a half. Dan James, Matter, Tellez as well. United should have too much because I think you're right, Watford will make changes with promotion, um, their priority. And it's a, it's a chance for someone like Mason Greenwood to get his season back on track, actually, because we know about his off-field problems. He hasn't quite performed to his high level on the pitch either. Maybe this is the game where that all turns around. He gets to kickstart his campaign. Yeah, six games without a goal for Mason Greenwood, although he only had half an hour against Manchester City. Uh, Watford's away record is pretty good, Darren. They've only conceded eight in the 11 games, so it might be tight. It might be, but I think Watford will be another of those sides more focused on getting promoted than winning games. You know, there's a reality about the FA Cup that I think we probably should address, which is that we do get excited every year about the potential for smaller clubs to beat bigger clubs. But I think a lot of the clubs are more world-weary now and they know that you could get all the way to the quarters, the semis, but if you're not doing well in the league, your manager gets a sack and you get the stick. And so I think a lot of managers would rather take the criticism that comes from outside the football bubble um, because they know what their brief is when they've been employed. It is to get promotion. It is to stay in the league. It is to qualify for the Champions League. It is to win the title. And I think at Watford, they are the expectations. They're top six at the moment. They're four points off the top uh, of the playoff places. I don't think they're bothered about Man United. And conversely, Man United, if you lose a game, what better way to bounce back than a Watford side that are going to travel to your place um, and are probably going to be a weakened side? And as Crook's been saying, you've got so many players who are waiting, champing at the bit to get this season back on track. Of course, the the new manager at Watford, Cisco, um, wants to make them... Dong Song. 
more uh, progressive. But uh, the way things are at Watford, you never know if the person you discuss the game with on a Thursday will actually be on charge on a Saturday. Um, so uh, it could be something completely different by the time we get to the actual game. Record-breaking Arsenal. 14 FA Cup titles. But obviously it's a competition that is very attached to this football club in recent years and we have to take it very seriously and we have to try to go through the next round. Newcastle looking for a response. Here's some Maximan into the area. Squares it across chance and it's a goal. Callum Wilson. I always believe a cup run can give everybody a lift. Good opponents, really good team. So uh, all to play for. Arsenal versus uh, Newcastle is live on Saturday night at 5.30. The holders, the record winners, Arsenal, they just love the FA Cup. And Newcastle, who would love to be involved in the competition beyond the weekend, are at a bit of a tipping point, really. I mean, the only man delighted that a national lockdown has scuppered any thoughts of fans ever coming back this season (laughs) is Steve Bruce. Um, They lost the League Cup quarterfinal insipidly. They actually can't afford to really go down without a fight here, can they, Crook? Because, um, I mean... It's already pretty toxic for him. And this is a really difficult tie, I think. Yeah, you couldn't pick a much more difficult tie, as you say, against the holders, an Arsenal team stuck in mid-table. Mikel Arteta has already found, as many of his predecessors did, or certainly Arsene Wenger did, the FA Cup can be your saviour. So I would expect him to want to target a prolonged run in this competition. And Newcastle, one of, the, one of those teams, possibly just looking nervously over their shoulders and, and hoping there are three worst teams with them. I think there probably are, mm. um, but they're not on a great run of form. As you say, the natives now, very restless, particularly on the back of that Brentford defeat. And the vibes I'm getting for the Northeast is that Steve Bruce, whose plans have been hit as much as any manager by COVID, will make changes. Arsenal, you would imagine, will go strong. It will be fascinating to see if he sticks with Aubameyang or, or maybe gives uh, Balogun, a very talented young player, a run up front. I, I would personally stick with... Or Bamiyang, who needs a goal to spark his season into life. And this might just be the perfect opportunity uh, for him to get back on the score sheet and, and Arsenal to to get to get on winning ways and, and go through to the next round convincingly. I, I don't see an upset here and it would be a surprise if Newcastle won the game. Darren, is this an opportunity for Mikel Arteta to uh, give uh, some of his reserves a run out? Uh, record signing Pepe, uh, big contracts, William and David Luiz? question I think yes I think the timing of this game is good the good the run they're on is obviously a very positive one the younger players have shown the guys the way to go out of what has been a dark period for the club they've set a standard now and it's for the other players more senior players to match that standard so this is an opportunity for them to do it it's also an opportunity for players to decide whether they want to stay part of Arteta's plans or not because we know he's been telling us that he wants to sell players now and certain players are being offered to other clubs other players will be in the shop window it's really an opportunity for players who do want to have a future at Arsenal to set down a marker if not they'll be out the door as well on that subject, Mesut Ozil is actually eligible to play in the FA Cup. Of course, he's not in the 25-man Premier League squad or the Europa League squad. <laughs> I'm not going to make a, a little sticker for him for my commentary notes, put it that way. But uh, it, it would certainly be a turn-up if Mikel Arteta did suddenly chuck him out there at the weekend. Uh, you've got this game live on TalkSport 5.30 on Saturday uh, evening. Uh, Newcastle are five matches without a league win now. I still think that they will end up fighting for their lives in the Premier League towards the end of the season. I've just got this feeling. I said it in our pre-match predictions, and I believe it. I, I I don't think that even with those acquisitions that they made, that the atmosphere was right enough for things to go smoothly over the course of a season. And I can see them going on a run. I feel I feel as if when I've been, I've been there, I was there last week, um, I did their game away at Brentford as well. It feels to me like things are spiralling out of control. They're still a bit rudderless, aren't they? They've got an owner who doesn't really want to be there. They've got a manager that the fans don't want to be there. Uh, they are still looking to make signings in this window. Hamza Chowdhury at Leicester, I think, is a player they'd like to bring in on loan. He would bring a bit of dynamism, possibly, to midfield. Though you can't always rely on him to stay on the pitch. Big game for them on Tuesday night. They go to Sheffield United. Um, and that is a, a guilt-edged opportunity, given Sheffield United's dismal For Chris form. Wilder? to get back on winning ways. But yeah, I mean, Sheffield United would would maybe see it as just as big an opportunity as you say. Chris Wilder would would love to get a win in this game. And then they go to Arsenal again, actually, um, a week on Monday. Leeds at home, 
Everton away. So it's a tricky run of fixtures coming up after that Sheffield United game, which again is why I think Steve Bruce is going to make wholesale changes for this one. Talk of Dubravka maybe making his comeback from injury. That would be a, a welcome boost. Although I think Carl Darlow has probably been one of their standout performers this season. Uh, it is that most wonderful time of the year just after uh, Christmas when January opens its doors to footballers trading places. Um, and uh, Alex Crook is across it for Talk Sport. I'm sure Darren's got a few little nuggets as well that he's going to share with us. Uh, lots happening at West Ham United. Indeed. A um, couple of possible departures. Uh, one almost definite, Robert Snodgrass uh, undergoing a medical at West Bromwich Albion. By the time this podcast comes out, he may well have completed a move there on an 18-month contract. No fee involved. I think that's a good signing for Sam Allardyce, someone who will bring Premier League experience and bring battling qualities. The interesting one, though, is Sebastian Allaire, uh, a bid received from Ajax, 25 million euros. West Ham haven't dismissed that out of hand. And when you consider that the package they paid for Allaire was £45 million, maybe that shows just how desperate David Moyes in particular is to get him off the wage bill and bring in a striker that he actually wants at the club, someone like Joshua King, or maybe even Marco Arnautovic. I know there is a desire from David Moyes to bring him back to the club. He wants to leave China. Um, whether David Gold and David Sullivan would stomach that, given the manner of his departure, is open to debate. But I have um, had interaction from West Ham fans on Twitter saying that they would welcome Arnautovic back with open arms, which is really surprising when you think how he disrespected the club on his way out but I guess that shows just how fickle football fans are I, I listen I, I, just to add to that I, I think if they can do the business to get Haller out they should Haller has been a bitter bitter disappointment 45 million pounds if West Ham fans and even the club wondered why they didn't get more competition for him at the time uh, I think it was the summer of 2019 they know now he can't hold the ball up uh, he doesn't put enough effort in He's just the guy who's not suited to the Premier League. And I think that Arnautovic was, he was big, he was burly, he, he could hold the ball up, he could score goals on a regular basis. I think with Haller, the odd bicycle kick once or twice a season didn't really compensate for the fact that he couldn't get the scruffy goals. The six, He couldn't put his, his body in where it hurts. And I think either of the other two, Josh King or Arnautovic, would be a good signing. I think they'll be open for, to a defender as well at West Ham uh, because they want to continue strengthening and making sure that um, they're hard hard to beat. And I also think that if there is a deal to be done for a midfielder, because Mark Noble's coming to the end of his days, I think they'll do it. Okay. Um, be interesting to see what happens there, because uh, I think if you speak to people at West Ham, they will tell you that they didn't really get the best out of Halle for a number of reasons. One, he was bought to play as a lone striker when in Germany, Eintracht Frankfurt, he wasn't a lone striker. He played in a pairing with Luka Jovic. Um, he feeds off crosses from wide areas and West Ham don't really do that. So I think there's a little bit of an admission as well from West Ham. They they feel a little bit guilty that they've brought him to the to the club and not used him in the way that to, to get the best out of him. And he sort of, when they've spoke to him about it, he's thrown it back at them saying, you know, you signed me for this and and, and, and you did, we didn't do that. So there's nothing I can do about it. You're not having it, are you? Okay, fine. No, fine. not having that. Not having that. I mean, okay. listen, I, I, I think it was a game uh, a short while ago. I think it was the Villa game where he started alongside Jared Bowen up front precisely to do that, precisely to have that company. He stunk the place out. And if even if you're not getting the supply, do the other thing. Show you can actually track back, defend, help your team out, provide something that enables, you know, hold the ball up and spread it out wide. And, and oh, not only that, sometimes if you're a player, you demand stuff of people around you and Haller's not that good at doing that I just think he's unsuited to the Premier League and in a league like uh, the Dutch League he may well score 20 goals and people will say oh why didn't you uh, keep him at the club but West Ham they sold Grady uh, Diangana to West Brom and West Ham fans were unhappy but they'd done the right thing because they knew it wasn't going to work for him in terms of what David Moyes wants and it's not going to work for Haller either. Okay, Danny Rose, where's he going, Crook? Um, I wonder if he might pitch up at West Brom as well. I'm told that Danny Rose is seriously contemplating now counselling his contract at Spurs as we saw Jack Wilshere do at West Ham at the end of the last transfer window. Clearly not part of, of Jose Mourinho's plans. Hasn't even been training with the first team is my understanding. I think he realises now, Danny Rose, that if he wants to continue to be a footballer, 
then he needs to get out. And I think Sam Allardyce is looking for, for Premier League experience. We mentioned last week, Sacco and, and Tozen. I think that would be a good signing for, for West Bromwich Albion and, and maybe a good move for Danny Rose as well. There's a couple of players like this that sort of haven't played for a very long time and could end up disappearing into the ether because clubs aren't really willing to sort of pay big money uh, on people's wages if they're not going to get uh, someone who plays a lot of games or is available for a lot of games. And that's why we... I mean, Jack Wilshere's without a club. I mean, who would have thought that three or four years ago? It seems baffling, but ultimately that... No offers. That no is, offers on the table for, well, for Jack Wilshere. He's training with Bournemouth, but I, I'm not sure that's with a view to earning a contract. I think he's literally just calling on a favour and, and keeping himself fit, hoping that someone will give him a chance. It's a sad situation. The one thing I would say, particularly with Danny Rose, is that you can understand why some people talk about players' wages and how they drive hard bargains when the average man in the street would be lucky to have a fraction of the cost of the money. But I look at Danny Rose in particular, I look at how wonderful a servant he was for Tottenham, and I look at the way he's being treated now. And it, that, it, it really does bring home why players should look after themselves. I'm not having all this nonsense about loyalty or whatever because Danny Rose on his day was one of the best play, best left backs and, you know, a, a shoo-in for the England team. And yet now his reputation's been introduced. He's been affected by the way that they've treated him. And it's a really, really sad situation. And I hope he does find somewhere where he can go and enjoy his football. You're listening to the FA Cup on Talk Sports. Ben Watson! Ben Watson! It's a wonderful goal right at the end. And Wigan are going to win the 2013 FA Cup. Chelsea 2, Bradford 4. And Rochdale with just about the last kick of the game have equalised with arguably the biggest goal of their history. Millwall celebrates a famous FA Cup victory for them. The side bottom of League One have humbled big spending West Ham United Radford again oh what a goal what a goal Radford the scorer Ronnie Radford the magic of the FA Cup is happening again this is tense this is tight this is FA Cup football on Talk Sport Sutton United Luton beating Norwich plucky Lincoln City having a Waterlooville scoring at Anfield the FA Cup shocks are always the big talking point at this time of year uh, we will nominate ours in just a second but first let's uh, look at everyone's nailed on home win this weekend uh, Blackpool 13th in League 1 welcome Premier League West Brom uh, and uh, Blackpool mainly because this is we know that Sam Allardyce is, is going to rotate his team and has probably got no interest whatsoever in this competition um, but Blackpool are not your average giant killers, Darren. Uh, they haven't beaten a top-flight side in any of the last 15 meetings that they've been drawn against them in the FA Cup. Their last big shock that they pulled off was way back in 1976. Do you think they'll do it again? I think they will. I think they will. Their, their recent form's been a bit dodgy. Only one win in their last six, but before that, seven in their previous eight in all competitions. And I think if their attitude is right, I keep using that word, but I think it's going to be so key this weekend because some clubs just won't fancy it. Some clubs will believe wrongly that they can turn up to some of the lower league clubs and get their seasons back on track. But I think the West Brom are all over the place. And I think if Blackpool fancy it, they'll win. I do think that it changes the dynamic that there'll be no fans in the ground. I think it, the whole FA Cup itself is is a different competition because when you go away to a ground where it's very tight, the facilities aren't great, and you've got a hostile atmosphere to deal with, you know, even back in the day, a dodgy pitch to play on. It sounds a bit cliched, but it did cause problems for some of the bigger teams. Now, it doesn't matter where you go, the pitch is always pretty good, and... Mm. Whether or not the changing facilities are, um, you know, great or not, is is probably irrelevant because no one's changing facilities that great at the moment, especially for the away guys who are changing the car parks. Um, but the fans do make a massive difference. The lack of sort of atmosphere will make a massive difference. I think. I think you're right, and a prime example of that is the last game uh, of the round, Stockport West Ham on Monday night. I can understand uh, why it's been picked for for television, but it's going to be a, a completely different environment for West Ham than if. 
there was a full house of Stockport fans baying for blood, I would I would expect West Ham to to just game manage their way to victory, and that's why I'm not sure we're going to see as many shots in this third round as perhaps we we normally do. If you're asking for a home banker, by the way, Manchester City against Birmingham, one thirty on Sunday. Whatever team <laughs> Manchester City put out, they're probably going to win by five goals. Well, just just well, one last thing. Well, well uh, done I... for that. You know, you really pulled that rabbit out of the hat. I mean, we, none of us none of us could have foreseen that that might happen. To be fair, I once, for once, Crook, I have to side with Sam with that. You, you asked that for a was, home banker, there's your that, home That's banker. the equivalent of standing on the goal line and waiting for the ball to come within I've a couple that. of yards. <laughs> he, he has done that. And then celebrated like he won the World Cup. <laughs> that was so far. I actually forgot what I was going to say, so move on. <laughs> okay, uh, West Brom do like to be knocked out by a lower league opposition. It's happened twice the last three times they've faced them in the FA Cup, but their record against Blackpool is pretty good, so we shall see. Uh, right, nominate your other shocks, please. What are you going for? Crook? Um, I'm going for Sunday. Um, Newport County against Brighton. I think it's the, the, the last game of Ooh. Sunday. Um, we know all about Graham Potter's priorities this season. It's very much staying in the Premier League. They've really struggled for form since the start of last year. And we look at the teams they put out in the EFL Cup. He made 10, 11 changes. Often that was enough, actually. that They beat Portsmouth quite impressively with their youth team. But that was at home. I think making the trip to Wales is going to be a, a different kettle of fish. And Michael Flynn is a manager who loves this competition and Newport have become the modern day equivalent of Yeovil really back in the yeah. back in the 80s the giant killers they've beaten Leeds they've beaten Middlesbrough and of course they've beaten Leicester as well so I think this has got uh, real potential to be the shock of the round I went to Newport uh, for their game against Manchester City and for a good half an hour 40 minutes they played really well and it was a mm. really good game um, and it was yeah at the end Manchester City ended up winning it obviously but ultimately you know that they can cause problems but again you've got to factor in the fact that there will be no temporary stand behind the goal like there was on that occasion with loads of obeying South Wallians who who would be desperate to cause uh, mayhem for for the opposition it's not going to be the same sort of atmosphere what about you Darren what shock have you got for us I'm going to go for Bristol Rovers to beat Sheffield United Uh, I think Bristol Rovers are in good form winning four of their last five Uh, Sheffield United they're in pieces. They, uh, I think, if you look at their form this season, they've lost all of all but three of their matches. They've got two points in the Premier League at the moment. Morale is through the floor. I, I think they might wrongly again see this as an opportunity to kickstart their season. But I think they'll make a mistake. Brandon Hanlon scored six goals for uh, Bristol Rovers so far this season. Um, including one against Blackpool the other day. And I just think that Bristol Rovers will have too much for them. And listen, one of the key things about this, it will be competitive because Chris Wilder will demand it of his players. And it might well be that he'll see it as an opportunity for them to at least get a confidence boost of winning. But I think Bristol Rovers will have too much. And talking of uh, Brandon Hanlon, uh, you mentioned his goal-scoring prowess, but um, on the uh, 2021 Bristol Rovers calendar, uh, they've managed to put a massive, great big picture of uh, Brandon as uh, one of the uh, the, the months, as the the man of the month. I I haven't got the the, the month details in front of me, but I do know that they've spelt his name Brandon Hallen. They've spelt it wrong on the official calendar. <laughs> so they've got, so he's their own striker and they've spelt his name wrong on their official calendar. Uh, so, so, so there are there are, are some mishaps that could happen down at the memorial ground. Back in the preliminary round of the FA Cup, Marine FC from Crosby in Merseyside were just minutes away from going out to Barnoldswick Town. But they managed to survive that scare and have worked their way with a team of NHS workers, teachers and a refuse collector to get to the third round of the FA Cup. The team from the eighth tier at home against the mighty Tottenham Hotspur and Jose Mourinho. And Mourinho have already won seven FA Cup ties. Spurs have already got a cup final on the horizon. But surely, Darren, even the reserve reserve should be too much for a side who is six in the Northern Premier League Division 1 Northwest. This is what the FA Cup is all about. And we have a tie like this every season, don't we? The guys who are just uh, delighted at earning the right to play against the glitterati of world football. Um, and that's what they're going to be able to do. Um, and I love the, the the kind of 
colour around it. The Spurs players are going to go and they're going to get dressed in a side in, in, a, in an area which is normally a bar and a wedding a venue for wedding receptions and that kind of thing. Um, the best thing about that story was you could hire out that uh, place for a wedding reception for £220. <laughs> yeah. I wish I knew about when I when I got married, first or second time. <laughs> You could have probably got. You probably could have got both for three fifty. Why won't get one free? With and that includes disco and security. By the way, I'm not even joking. Two hundred twenty quid for disco and security. Tell you what, actually, this is an excellent opportunity for them to promote that area, isn't it? Maybe someone else who does want to get. We are doing that (laughs) pretty much. Um, it's the biggest golf uh, in the competition's history in terms of, of, of league placings. It, it is what the FA Cup is all about. But again, this is a, a tie that's tinged with a bit of sadness that there won't be 3,000 uh, people to see. I think they've been selling online programs, haven't they? They've been going really well. Jamie Carragher is also sponsoring Marine for the day. I think Jose Mourinho quite enjoys the, the history and tradition of English football. I think he quite enjoy this, this cup tie. I think he'll be respectful um, to the home team. People like Deli Ali a chance to put themselves in the shop window. Tottenham are going to win the game, but I think we should just all marvel at the fact that we still have this amazing competition that is the envy of the world and yeah. it's for reasons like this tie. Um, can I ask what you think will be in the five-star lunchbox, which apparently Marina producing for the uh, visiting dignitaries for like Daniel Levy. Um, what, what, Chips and curry sauce? I mean, come on. It's got to be something like that, hasn't it? Please. I don't want it to be any sort of like caviar or anything like that. I hope there's a nice muffin in there as well. Yes. Um, but, but, you know, I could just see, just like you give your kids uh, when they go and have their pat lunch. I want to see Daniel Levy eating it as well, sitting, you know, sitting in a seat, sort of with it sort of balanced difficultly on the on his lap, sort of like, you know, maybe spilling it all over his Armani suit or something. That would be <laughs> the, the, the boardroom, it were, obviously because of coronavirus rules, is limited to only 12 people. Right. Uh, and, and, and so it's going to be quite tight. And I can just imagine the awkward attempts at conversation small talk inside that boardroom uh, Paul Larry says that he's going to have the carpets cleaned as well um, which I'm not quite sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing uh, because what would it says about the state of the carpets normally but um, it, it should be a very very fascinating that's the word I'm looking for fascinating occasion I, I mean obviously there is no there are no spectators but if anything uh, if the last round is anything to go by or uh, was it the last round or the last round at home against having a Waterlooville was anything to go by uh, there likely will be some sort of uh, outside spectator in that the people were climbing trees to look over the top of the the very small stands or standing on roofs in order to be able to see the game so I can imagine with Tottenham coming to town there will be people trying to crane their necks in all different ways to try and see this match so it's going to be interesting it's only one mile from the beach as well so I was thinking on my way there I might go for a little walk up the beach am I allowed to do that am I allowed to do that actually I don't know go for a swim go for a swim they're refreshing this time what in the Irish Sea Absolutely. <laughs> it's all right for you going down there on the tropical south coast, having your little skinny dip every morning, but not for me, thanks. Not in the Irish. The Irish is about 25 degrees uh, colder. <laughs> no. A quick word on, on, on Jamie Carragher. Wonderful gesture stepping in to sponsor Marine after they had sponsors pull out. Um, and, you know, just I think everything around this tie and, and this year's competition actually kind of goes back to when we all started as reporters. I know you two worked on the South Coast. You would have... Was Eastleigh ever in the FA Cup? Yeah, they they, they played Bolter Wanderers in the third round a few years ago, but yeah. the big one for us was was having to Waterlooville. I was there when they um, yeah. knocked Anfield, out yeah. Swansea and actually the day that they went to Liverpool was the same day that Portsmouth started their FA Cup run, which uh, went all the mm. way to the final and winning it in 2008. Yeah, covered yeah. them that season. I, 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 my, my, my memories of covering local football, though, goes back to uh, following Thamesmead Town to Russia Olympic in the one of the preliminary rounds of the FA Cup. Um, and it was the coldest I think I've ever been. There was no stands at Russia Olympics. We just stood on the side of the pitch like a Sunday league game, reporting into the bottom of a mobile phone uh, and toes falling off. Um, but that listen, it's going to be it's going to be a great great occasion for Marine, and I do hope that they uh, they make something out of it. And of course, they showcase uh, their club. Uh, Crawley against Leeds, one thirty. John Yem's side could get whacked here because Bielsa's team probably will approach it in the same way they approach every game, even if they, they change the personnel, the, the way they play their football will not change, Darren. 
Yeah, I keep talking about attitude and there, was, if there, there is no doubt whatsoever that the attitude will be right in the Leeds team, in the Leeds squad, because Bielsa demands it. Crawley got a good run, uh, a good recent run. They've won four of their last six, but I, I just think that Leeds will have too much. And and given that we all know that Leeds, they don't have that much to play for this season. Uh, they'll stay up, but they won't uh, be challenging any of the guys who are going to be approaching European football. I think they might see the FA Cup as one that they can win if the other big teams take their eye off the ball. Chorley against uh, Derby is 12-15 on Saturday. Um, look, Sheffield Wednesday beat Wayne Rooney's uh, Derby recently. They aren't in terrible form, Derby. You started to get a tune out of them a little bit, but this is the kind of fixture you just don't want. A team from the sixth tier playing for their lives, decent pitch by all accounts. All Rooney really wants to do is get it over and done with and, and probably move on, I would have thought, bearing in mind he's got bigger fish to fry. But the biggest issue here is, is that there are problems with COVID-19 and we are going to see a match which isn't really Chorley against Derby. And this is not the only game where we're going to see a lot of under 23s and a lot of under 18s mixing uh, in, in the competition. But it is, it, it, I think it's the sort of the example of where we are and a bellwether of whether or not the competition is as viable as it has been in previous years. Darren. You know, I, I think all the points you make are right, but I've got to say, and I know you're going to hit me over the head for saying this, I don't care. Uh, I think it's not, none of it is Chorley's fault. Uh, none of it is the fault of, look, I know Andy Priest uh, very well, uh, and I know how well he's, how hard he and this team have worked. He's the assistant manager at Chorley. I know how hard they've worked to get to this point. I know the joy that they took uh, from their success against Peterborough, from their success against Wigan. That was a great was game, a f- that Peterborough game, wasn't it? I mean, the the, the goals towards the end, fantastic. Exactly. And, and it, you know, the key thing about that is that uh, Peterborough were expected to beat them. They scored early. Lots of people thought it would be a procession. And the way that Chorley fought back was really, really impressive in a tie that they'd been expected to get rolled over in. Uh, listen, sometimes when teams progress and they have a bit of a run, they get lucky. And this is one of those occasions where, you know, the, the, the playing field will be leveled for them. Clearly, I'm sympathetic to the situation surrounding Derby and so many other clubs that will be victims of this. We know that the FA have said, look, if you can't feel the side, you're out. There, there is a very zero tolerance because they want to get this competition completed. But that's not Shirley's fault. And if they're able to take advantage, they'll take it. Well, I, I think this is worth pointing out. 14 players was the sort of barometer that apparently the FA told all the clubs. If you've got 14 players, you've got to play the game. Uh, it is going to be one of those. I think that there are some where they're saying we might on a case-by-case basis look at it and decide to review it. But I think once you've come out and been quite sort of militant and said... If you've got 14 players, you're playing, that's it. If you don't play the game, you are out. The other team gets a buy into the next round. I think you stick to it and that's it. And you know what? If that is the case, then everyone knows the rules right from the beginning. It's transparent and no one can complain because everyone's being judged by the same criteria. If you then decide just 24 hours after issuing that diktat, oh, we're going to do it on a case-by-case basis, it looks murkier. Because it looks as if you're actually sitting there going, well, okay, but if Manchester City have only got 14 players, we might rearrange the game. I'm not saying that that is the case, but you get the, the, the general point that I'm trying to make. You know, Make it clear, make it obvious. You've got 14 players, you play, that's it. We are all in a very difficult circumstance. So let's just accept that this is not a perfect FA Cup. I actually weren't going to uh, smack you over the head for it, uh, uh, Darren. I agree with you entirely. The fact is, you play it or you don't play it. The choice is yours. And I do think you're going to have some odd results and you have some odd situations. What was that, Darren? What was that? Was that your mobile phone going off? Yeah, I just turned what, it off. What sorry. was it? What was it? What's your ringtone? It was uh, Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Um, really? Yeah, he, love. I like Jason Derulo because <laughs> you know when you're listening to Jason Derulo because you don't need a DJ with a Jason Derulo record, do you? Because he starts every single record with Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. So you know immediately who the artist is. Do you know the wonderful thing about this podcast? I think on every week, either you or Alex have sung something, at least a, a couple of notes of something. And I'm the only one that hasn't. And I've spared the, the listeners that treat. 
Oh, this is brilliant. The, the one Sheffield United player that the majority of Premier League fans have never heard of. Uh, Jack Robinson is a defender. He has 12 letters in his name. <laughs> he shares his surname with the Simon and Garfunkel song. So here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you You got them, yeah. Let's get cosy, Dave. Okay, so how much can we need, you reckon? Hello, mate. <laughs> it's like sharing a set of headphones with your missus, isn't it? I think going to say it's like Sonny and Cher. <laughs> I got you. Well, well. <laughs> well, yeah. I got you to understand. Okay. Right, ready? I got you and no one let go. I got you to hold oh, me so. so. Did you go to the pub? What's your favourite Jason Derulo record? Jason Derulo. I think that's the one, Savage Love. Savage Love. That's my kid's favourite one. Um, yeah, they yeah, they yeah. love Savage Love. Although I must admit, my uh, my ten year old is very much into uh, Make Love Not War at the moment. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. It's a good song. Listen, it's a, they're all good songs, and he's quite a good a, a good singer. Although I don't know too many, I feel like one of those old dads that you know when when like what's this noise? What's this nonsense? Uh, he's your ringtone. I, I know, I know, but my kids put it on there if I'm honest with you. And right, I so just you can't work out how to turn it. Take so it do, you, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you not really know who Jason Derulo is? Jason Derulo! No, I do. I do now. I do now right. because obviously the kids could gen, up, gen me up on it. But um, uh, I, And I do know how to take it off. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to Want Me? That's another good one. It's 100 Degrees. Oh, great. What a, what a record. That's the soundtrack of my uh, uh, Vegas trip 2015. Anyway, uh, we've got, well, I think we've gone off the beaten path there. Uh, talking of going off the beaten path, I'm going to Marine on uh, Sunday. Uh, Crook, where, where, are you, where are you absconding to? I'm at Arsenal, Saturday night, 5.30, uh, live on TalkSport. Looking forward to it. The holders beginning the defence of their trophy. And can I just leave you with uh, one final thought as well? Obviously, uh, the aim of every team as they set out on this FA Cup journey is to win the trophy. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will no doubt have that in his mind. He's now lost as many domestic semi-finals in a year as Sir Alex Ferguson did in 26 years as wow. Manchester United manager. There we go. That's the stat. That's the start. I'll be nicking that one, don't worry. Um, back um, to Jason Derulo. <laughs> Let's make love, not war. I, I'm at Chelsea on, on Sunday. Thanks for asking. So, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, they, they play Morecambe. I was waiting for it and it didn't come, so I thought I'd just put it forward myself. Uh, well, brilliant. I'm looking forward. Uh, hopefully that game goes ahead. In fact, hopefully most of the games go ahead. But anyway, it's all good fun and that's why we love the FA Cup. And we have got wall-to-wall coverage on TalkSport uh, this weekend. That's it from us. Uh, we'll see you on Monday for a look back at all the weekend's FA Cup action. And um, we've also got uh, a preview for Monday night's game, Stockport against West Ham, which I'm also going to at Edgley Park because it is literally 15 minutes from my house. Enjoy. You obviously don't like being at home much. <laughs> Uh, right okay uh, Darren Lewis thank you very much Alex Cook thank you very much rate and review our podcast and please download it we'd love to hear from you as well uh, on Twitter or Instagram the Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes the latest odds we set them Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.